1: Americans are coming out in droves to vote for a Democratic presidential candidate who calls himself a socialist.
2: When the 99 percent stand together, we can transform society. And that is why I call myself a Democratic
3: Socialist. Bernie Sanders is the first serious contender for the Democratic nomination to use that label ever. And that's getting some
4: attention. Here in the United States, we are alarmed by the new calls to adopt socialism in our country.
3: Sanders has been facing attacks about this label for years, but he hasn't budged.
2: I do understand that I and other progressives will face massive attacks from those who attempt to use the word socialism as a slur. But I should also tell you that I have faced and overcome these attacks for decades, and I am not the only one.
1: Today on the show, senior economics writer John Hilsenrath and Bernie Sanders reporter Eliza Collins on what Sanders socialism actually means and how socialism has become one of the most divisive topics in the 2020 Democratic primary. —
3: Welcome to the journal, our show about money, business, and power. I'm Ryan Knutson.
1: And I'm Kate Leinbaugh. It's Friday, February 28th. One thing about socialism is that there are many different interpretations and definitions of the term. Often what it means, and whether it's positive or negative, is in the eye of the beholder. One common reference point for many Americans when they think of socialism is negative, the Soviet Union. The Soviet Union was communist, and there the government controlled what's referred to as the means of production, everything from farms to factories.
4: There was basically the Soviet model of socialism in which the state takes over industry and dictates production, wages, prices, And the Soviet Union was an economic failure. You know, in Venezuela today is a tragedy. You know, we see famine playing out as the state has taken control of industry. And those economies, they just they haven't worked.
1: The failure of social economic policies in other countries where there's been poverty and shortages of basic goods is one reason why the word socialism is a taboo in American politics. But Bernie Sanders' version of socialism emphasizes what he sees as the positive elements. In a 2015 speech, Sanders said his form of socialism, what he calls democratic socialism, is not the same as the Soviet Union.
2: So the next time that you hear me attacked as a socialist, like tomorrow, (laughs) remember this. I don't believe government should take over the grocery store down the street or own the means of production. But I do
1: believe. What Sanders believes in is the kind of socialism they have in Scandinavia. In those countries, there is a strong capitalist economy, but they also have a kind of socialism referred to as social democracy. Governments levy higher taxes to run social programs with the goal of creating more economic equality. Here's Eliza.
0: At a recent debate, Sanders said his version of socialism is more like Denmark, where they have a higher standard of living than the U.S. He's basically pushing for radically increased government involvement.
1: But not necessarily government ownership of the means of production.
0: Correct big thing you see Sanders pushing, and this is something we see his aides talk about a lot or his surrogates, you know, out on the trail, is the idea that what he is pushing for is not different from what FDR was pushing for with the New Deal. As
1: part of Roosevelt's efforts to revive the economy after the Great Depression, he created New Deal programs such as Social Security, the minimum wage, and unemployment insurance. Sanders says that at the time... All those programs were attacked as socialist.
2: All of these programs and many more have become the fabric of our nation and, in fact, the foundation of our middle class.
0: I think there are certain policy areas where he, you know, says that the government should take over, but I have never heard him say all private business should end entirely. That's a critical point for him to make because that is the biggest attack line from Republicans and other critics saying that, you know, Bernie Sanders wants to give the government complete control of your life. So for Sanders to define his version as not going that far is his attempt to basically calm concerns of people who are wary of government control over everything.
1: Other candidates have avoided this problem entirely. Elizabeth Warren, who backs many of the same policies, calls herself a capitalist. And she can do so because, to some extent, calling something socialist is just branding. Many governments, including the U.S., have elements of both systems. You
4: know, socialism happens and capitalism happen together on a continuum. And government involvement is the lever that's pulled that makes it go either right or left. You know, in a pure capitalist system, the government is pretty hands-off. Maybe it has the role of a traffic cop or a referee, but, you know, it isn't kind of dictating the game. And, you know, a more socialist system, the government has a heavy hand.
1: Sanders has a list of heavy-hand government policies that he considers to be democratic socialism. One of those is health care. Sanders wants to bring health care under the control of the government, a program he calls Medicare for All, which would mean the government taking over about 14% of US jobs.
2: Healthcare should be a right of all people, not a privilege.
0: So Sanders is quick to point out that he is a senator from Vermont, and very close by is Canada, which provides health care to all of their residents, and that is something he talks a lot about.
2: It exists in Canada. I live 50 miles away.
0: He doesn't necessarily say, Canada is socialist and I want to be that way, but he talks about the things he is pushing for. These policies are similar to countries like Canada. He talks about some European countries.
2: It exists in France, Germany, Taiwan, all over the world.
0: And really using it to say, these are the things that other countries have that the U.S. should be able to have.
1: Sanders' plan has faced plenty of criticism from Republicans and fellow Democrats. Critics say it would cost trillions of dollars and that Sanders hasn't adequately explained how he'd pay for it. They also argue his plan would create a less efficient healthcare system. Sanders has also identified other industries where he wants the government to have more control. One of his signature programs is the Green New Deal, a massive government program to reduce carbon emissions.
4: I think the climate issue today is a new twist on socialist democratic movements and how they manage the role of government in society and business. You know, when you look at the Democratic Party There's obviously a very powerful voice in it towards addressing climate change through government intervention, but Bernie Sanders would aim to prosecute oil executives and ban fracking.
1: I feel like banning fracking is not socialism. States have banned fracking.
4: Right. But when it comes to something like energy, we're talking about, you know, for a Bernie Sanders agenda, we're talking about a very heavy hand in which it's not just regulating certain practices out of business like fracking, but it's also talking about creating new industries. You know, so Bernie Sanders has talked about his policies being an extension of FDR. You know, it's not a coincidence that the idea when it comes to energy is called a Green New Deal. What they're doing is talking about building and creating an entirely new industry. So To a certain extent, banning fracting is just a policy, but it's also part of a larger worldview, which sees a very strong government role in directing resources in and out of a very important industry.
1: Sanders says the Green New Deal would create 20 million jobs. But critics say those jobs would come at the cost of current energy jobs. They also say the program would cost trillions of dollars and is essentially a government takeover of private industry. But Sanders doesn't have any problems with the notion of the government getting more deeply involved. In fact, there's another Sanders proposal that shows just how involved in private enterprise he's willing to get.
4: For me, what really jumps out is this idea that hasn't gotten much attention on the campaign trail. It's a proposal that Bernie Sanders has to require public companies and large companies to hand 20% of their stock to their workers. You know, that's kind of classic socialism. That's literally handing over ownership of capital to the workers. It's an incredibly dramatic proposal, which I think has kind of socialist ideals right at its roots
1: when this 20% employee ownership policy came up at the Nevada Democratic debate, it showed just how wide the gap is between different Democratic no. candidates. Mayor Bloomberg, you own a large company. Would you support what Senator Sanders is proposing?
2: Absolutely not. I can't think of a ways that would make it easier for Donald Trump to get reelected than listening to this conversation. It's ridiculous. We're not going to throw out capitalism. We tried that. Other countries tried that. It was called communism, and it just didn't work. —
1: Sanders doesn't call himself a communist. But by attaching himself to socialism, he's opened himself up to these lines of attack. And as he rises in the polls, those attacks have only increased. After the break, how the socialist label is plaguing Sanders on the campaign trail. Welcome back. As Sanders rises in the polls, more voters are confronting what his association with socialism might mean. His opponents have tied him to the kind of radical socialism he's trying to distance himself from, like the kind of the Soviet Union. And now they've found what they consider evidence — an old video spreading on Twitter, footage that aired on Vermont local television.
0: So this video took place in the 80s when Sanders was mayor, and Sanders was working to create a sister city program, which is something that he is still very proud of and that he points to with a city in the Soviet Union. And he went and basically, you know, met with various leaders, but he did praise certain things like the public transportation system. He talked about the culture available for the young people.
2: Also, I was impressed by the youth programs that they have, uh, there are palaces of, of, of culture for, for the young people, a whole variety of young—of uh, programs for young people, and cultural programs which go far beyond what we do in this country. Uh, we went to a—, a
0: Sanders basically says that you can praise certain aspects of governments, even if they are oppressive, while still condemning other parts— And that is sort of the approach Sanders is taking with the Soviet Union. He's saying, well, there was art and there was, you know, a good public transportation system. But there was no food and there was a repressive
1: regime that sent people to Siberia.
0: Right. (laughs) So, I mean, this is a short video clip. That is sort of how the Sanders campaign argues about things like this. They say these are out of context. But— We're seeing that video being circulated. We're seeing Democrats circulating that video saying, do we really want to nominate someone with this sort of baggage?
1: And while the Sanders campaign says this video is taken out of context, just this past weekend, Sanders got caught up in the same kind of controversy, this time about Fidel Castro, the former leader of Cuba.
0: We saw this week a 60 Minutes interview where Sanders was asked about previous praise he has had for dictators, and there was Fidel Castro in particular.
2: We're very opposed to the authoritarian nature of Cuba. But, you know, you got, it's unfair to simply say everything is bad. You know, when Fidel Castro came into office, you know what he did? He had a massive literacy program. Is that a bad thing?
0: Even though and he basically said, so not everything can be all bad. And that's really how Sanders has approached all of this. He pinpoints things that he says are praiseworthy while trying to also say imprisoning dissidents is problematic. But Fidel Castro did have a literacy program.
1: Sanders' 60 Minutes interview about Fidel Castro enraged Democrats in one state in particular, Florida.
0: Florida is a swing state. You know, Florida is a state where Democrats flipped seats in 2018 in the Miami area running as moderates, and they are really nervous about these comments, especially about Fidel Castro. So we're already seeing some pushback from some of these lawmakers just saying, I don't agree with what Bernie Sanders says. Debbie Mucarsel-Powell said, you know, the day after that 60-minute interview aired, that she represents thousands of Cubans and she finds Sanders' comments absolutely unacceptable. And she goes on to say all of the things that the Castro regime did wrong. Some Democratic
1: incumbents say they worry that Sanders' socialism could hurt the party's chances with moderate voters in the general election.
0: And we're seeing Democrats be much more forceful in pushing back at socialism in recent weeks as Sanders has started to win and really clear the path towards the nomination. Do you think if Sanders
1: gave up on the word socialism, he'd be able to keep his fans and also attract
0: moderates? It's possible. I mean, I think if he were to suddenly change now, he would be accused of doing the politically expedient thing, and it might be too late. But this is something that he has said he has been for decades, and he does not see a problem in calling himself a Democratic Socialist. And Sanders is stubborn. There are very few things that Sanders has reversed on in his decades in public office. The things he is pushing for today are the same things that he was pushing for when he ran for mayor in the 80s. And that is something that people really love about him. When you talk to his supporters over and over and over, they say they like that he is consistent. They like that he has talked about the same thing for 40 years. And he also sees right now he's the front runner. He is winning. And so he does not feel like he needs to change anything. He's really catering to his base, and he's catering to the ideas that he has felt strongly about for decades.
1: And those ideas, as of now, are winning him votes. Sanders won two primary states and virtually tied in another. And he's polling well for Super Tuesday. He has momentum amongst voters— particularly millennials, who polls have shown have a more positive view of socialism.
4: I think a lot of the public's view is kind of defined by the experiences that they had. Older Americans who saw the Soviet Union and communism in practice up close have very dark memories of what it meant and what it led to. And they're more likely to reject the whole idea, whereas younger Americans who've kind of only lived in this post-Cold War world are a little bit more forgiving of the idea or perhaps curious about how it would work. Millennials went through the worst economic downturn since the Great Depression, just as they were entering the workforce. And uh, that left some pretty deep scars and I think left a lot of younger Americans looking for alternatives to a system that they feel hasn't worked well for
1: them. The resonance of Sanders' message will be tested in a serious way in the next week. On Saturday in South Carolina and next Tuesday, Super Tuesday, when 14 states will cast their ballots. That's all for today, Friday, February 28th.
3: The Journal is a co-production of Gimlet and The Wall Street Journal. Your hosts are me, Ryan Knudsen. And me,
1: Kate Leinbaugh. We're produced by Annie Minoff, Ricky Novetsky, Sarah Platt, Willa Rubin, and Rob Zipko. Our senior producer is Pia Godkari.
3: Annie Rose is our supervising producer. Griffin Tanner is our engineer. Our executive producer is Gerard Cole.
1: Our theme music is by So Wiley. Additional music this week from Bobby Lord, Peter Leonard, So Wiley, Katherine Anderson, and Blue Dot Sessions.
3: Thanks for listening.
1: See you on Monday.